This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall. And, well, you know, on a Tuesday as we segue out of the, uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, Bruce, I guess you, uh, UConn, uh, like Villanova recently, and also not a little bit further back, uh, North Carolina, all six games uh, really – you know, not too much. Uh, you know, not too much competition. It's not about beating all of the teams in the field. It's about the beating the six that you match up with and fall to you. They had a little bit of a break there, but they also took care of business and just took uh, any doubt uh, away from uh, away from it. Man, they were dominant uh, in this uh, thing. Six and zero against the spread in all six games, and heck, man, they've even covered the spread by seven or more points in every one of those six games. Yeah, I mean, this ended up looking a lot like Villanova two years ago, uh, in tw- uh, two, uh, five years ago, I'm sorry, in 2018, when Jay Wright's team went through the dance in a similar way. Now, they even they had a little bit better regular season than UConn, and they only lost four times that year. But it was uh, <clears throat> similar. It looked a lot to uh, Villanova to me. It lo- also looked a lot, I think the analogy really was to 81 in Bob Knight's Indiana, which only had to play five games that year in the dance, but they similarly got hot. They didn't have a game closer than 13 points. And they had, that Indiana had lost nine games that season. And uh, Knight had often said by the end of that year, that was Isaiah Thomas and, and others, uh, was as good as any of his teams that he had had, including the 76 undefeated team. So you're talking about some rarefied air there for UConn rolling through the uh, tournament like that. And how about the Big East? You know, that... UConn did what I kind of thought Marquette was going to do in this tournament. And in the end, I, boy, you know, Michigan State is the team that, that threw this tournament off a bit because had Marquette won, I think we'd have eventually gotten a Marquette-UConn battle. And the uh, Big East final was, in retrospect, maybe the best game of the year. And Marquette won that one by two. But it just shows you how tough the Big East was this year. If this team lost eight games in, uh, in Big East play wow. and uh, didn't lose to anybody else and – the only spread, non-cover, spread L outside of the Big East for UConn was a game they won by 20 against Buffalo when they were a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. So pretty dominant run here by the Huskies. 16-1 against the spread non-conference? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that is something. Eight games they lost uh, in the Big East Conference. That's right. Marquette won the regular season title, I think, by multiple games uh, in yeah. – also won the Big East tournament as well. But, well, the MVP of the regular season and the tournament uh, when he just didn't perform well against Michigan State. Well, uh, you know, he, he did not have a good game. And, yeah. well, it uh, you know, it's a single elimination, uh, and no doubt about that. Some people, I find it funny, some people are, you know, fed up or frustrated 
uh, with the Aztec style of play. Um, they're not exactly a high resource blue blood, if you like that term, uh, program where this is this is how they have to play to try and be competitive. They, you know, Fisher started and Usher is is continued, but no, this is the their culture of their program. It's tough, physical. You know, hard-nosed guys. I mean, I would draw a comparison, but it's limited. It's limited. Kind of like what VCU is with their havoc. I mean, this is through multiple coaches, and they're going to have another coach, and they're going to keep, you know, maintain that, uh, you know, that culture. But uh, easy, man. This is the best run they've ever had, and this is the reason they did. And they got back into the game uh, last night. They won the game in the semifinal because pounding the offensive glass and getting second-chance opportunities. Yeah, I mean, this was, uh, this was quite a run uh, for the Aztecs. I mean, I, I saw them uh, a couple of times a few weeks ago out in the Mountain West tournament. Uh, uh, Colorado State pushed them into to overtime. And at that point, I thought, you know, uh, you know, the Aztecs will be in the dance, so I didn't think they'd get past the Sweet 16, even if they got that far. But that's what happens in the dance. Sometimes the matchups work and you get hot, and, and this is the way San Diego State plays. This was a good version of San Diego State, maybe their best version. They added a couple of other guards who could score out of the portal, um, uh, and, and that uh, Trammell really helped them out. Usually one or two of those guards was really hot uh, in the tournament there, and, and Dutcher could count on, on somebody, whether it be a Butler, the shot against Florida Atlantic, or Trammell, we talked about him, Bradley, Seiko Parrish. Um, and the bigs were pretty tough, so it's uh, that's just their style, and uh, it worked to get them there. And uh, the, the the Florida Atlantic game was really a, really something in retrospect in the semifinal. But remember, these guys also they knocked off Alabama. That was the uh, number one overall seed in the tournament too. So uh, good run for San Diego State. This they just ran into a team they couldn't beat. There's no doubt about it. All right, uh, when you focused on the uh, the national championship game. Um, you know, with all the rule changes and cutting the times on the Major League Baseball games almost a half an hour on the average, uh, scoring is uh, has gone up. Well, it was certainly up yesterday. The overs in Monday's 15 games, full slate, 13-1-1. Now, a lot of people get interested in the, you know, uh, instant gratification of first inning plays. Those were 11-4, and four, and you're looking at some of the adjusted odds at Bet Rivers, they – you know these things are, you know the, the to score in the first game the yes in the first inning rather, uh the yes is plus money usually these are basically pickums you know more more places than other but um, you, you you start off and we go to uh, no places going over like legendary Fenway Park and I mean it is how about the Red Sox scoring nine runs in all three of their games against the Baltimore Orioles on that Thursday, Saturday, Sunday series. They basically had the over in the first inning uh, last night. Pittsburgh and Boston, Bruce, at it again. That total at Bet Rivers is nine. Yeah, and uh, you're looking at the guy who released the one game uh, over that didn't yesterday. That was uh, Baltimore and uh, Texas. But it did go, all those games did go over. It, it hadn't been trending that like that except uh, with the Red Sox over the weekend. Um, and if these games are scoring like that, um, the, the time of the games is going to start going up too, uh, for what, whatever that's worth. But you're right. Boston has had these games go over and more specifically, at least 13 runs scored in every Red Sox game up to 19 runs. 
so they've not only been going over, they've been blasting over. I think it was more surprising last night that we saw Pittsburgh uh, score some runs and actually win that game. And, you know, the Pirates showed that in the opening day at, at Cincinnati. If they could get the long ball working, uh, they can score some runs too, although they had some trouble in uh, Cincinnati then over the weekend. Nonetheless, I'm going to go over again tonight. Uh, Pavetta gets a start for uh, Boston, his first start of the year. His numbers were not all that impressive last season. Actually, Contreras might have had some better numbers on the Pittsburgh side. But the way the Red Sox are swinging the bat right now and the way these games are flying over at Fenway, I mean, nine doesn't seem like enough. And uh, like you said last night, I mean, this, these teams had reached eight in the first inning last night. So um, the way it's going, let's just play the Red Sox over until they don't go over at Fenway. And I think that's the way we'll look here tonight. Oh, I, I, I like that uh, as well. And keep in mind now, we're getting in last uh, yesterday too, you're getting deep into the uh, the rotation, Okay. So a lot of these pitchers uh, yesterday was, or these teams, it was their fourth pitcher. Now there are a couple of uh, starters that started on opening day on Thursday that are coming back today, and we'll mention those, but not in this case. Uh, these, uh, you know, Contreras for the Pirates and Pavetta for the Red Sox, this will be their first start. So at the end of the rotation, it's important to follow if you're looking at these totals today. Let's look at another total today in Tampa Bay at uh, Washington, and all you needed to know was that Patrick Corbin was the Washington Nationals opening day starter. That's not good. An ERA what, close to seven uh, last year. He was an auto fade for a lot of it uh, last year. But you know what? It's not just, and this is what I like to do, only on visiting teams because, well, you don't like to end that game on a one-run a one-run win with a walk-off or you don't even get your last at-bat in the bottom of the ninth in a one-run game. And also, if you are the visiting team, it goes extra innings. That ghost runner, it, it usually provides an opportunity to score multiple runs to try and get over that run line. Only on the road that I like to. And, well, that is uh, that is three and one of this year. Only Sunday's game where the Nationals won outright was the only one that they covered the plus one and a half run line. One and two against uh, Atlanta. And then 0 and one last night against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, you're looking at that run line and also looking at the, uh, the, the total as well. Fleming and Cool back end of the rotation for Tampa Bay and Washington tonight. Yeah, Tampa Bay has started off really quick. I mean, they are look what they did against the Tigers over the weekend and again uh, yesterday uh, at, at Nats Park. Uh, now they're toward the end of their rotation here with Fleming here tonight, and his numbers were not all that impressive. But we know that Tampa Bay will go to the bullpen uh, here, and uh, he might be an effective opener even tonight uh, for Kevin Cash. But you mentioned you know Corbin the other way for the Washington, and when you get to the end of the Nats rotation, you think – you know, if Corbin's their opening day starter, you know, what else do they have? Now, Sunday they got a decently pitched game, but Gray got hammered uh, 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 against the Braves, and then uh, yesterday as well they got hammered. Chad Cool gets the start tonight. Okay, he, he's Washington's fifth starter, and you got to think about it. Wow, I mean, this guy's fifth, you know, uh, in, in the rotation, uh, and Cool's bounced around quite a bit, so I'm not sure – you know, he's going to be able to keep the score down here. And I would just keep going with Tampa Bay. And and, and we know that uh, what Cash will do with his pitchers, he'll rotate them in. He'll use his bullpen. But this offense is scoring some runs, and the Nats are giving it up. So I think he can go both ways here uh, with the Rays on the run line and maybe another over, uh, like the pattern yesterday. And uh, that would also certainly fit with uh, Washington, save one game this year. I might look over with the uh, Nats, especially when uh, Cool is on the mound. 
And uh, so I think there's two ways to look in that uh, Rays game with the Nats. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, the Yankees and the uh, Phillies. And how about the Phillies? I mean, winless, the defending National League champions, and a couple of first-timers for the year this year, and Matt Strom for the, uh, for the Phillies, and Domingo Herman for the Yankees. Yankees, you're looking at the total here in Yankee Stadium. It's eight and a half. Over is minus 113 at Bet Rivers. Yeah, uh, you know, Strom, you know, is going to try to break. Again, we're at the back of the rotation here for the Phillies, and, you know, they've had some problems. They were hit very hard uh, down in Texas except for the Sunday game, but they gave up a lot of runs to the to the Rangers. And uh, last night gave up eight. The bullpen is already getting worn out here for Robbie Thompson. And I'm not sure how far, how deep Strom's going to be able to go tonight. This is a tough start for the Phils because they've got some injuries too. And uh, they are all of a sudden, they, they lose here tonight. They're looking 0-5 to start the season. And uh, the schedule, you know, was tough for the Phils out of the out of the boxers. So we knew they might have some problems, but not uh, quite this much. Uh, Herman, the other way, uh, is a, a, it's a big price in the Yankees. But again, I'm going to go uh, over again here and just go with what the pattern that we've seen. This is not a prohibitive uh, total here tonight. Uh, it's pretty apparent. I mean, Thompson's going to have to go into his bullpen, which has not been performing too well for the Phils. And Herman, you know, you'll probably get, you know, five or six innings from him before uh, the Yanks go to the bullpen as well. And the Phils still can score a few runs. But again, just kind of playing the recent trends here and Monday's trends for sure. And uh, these totals that are around eight or so, that, that's not too high right now. And the way uh, the Phil's bullpen is not performing, I could see an over here as well. All right. Uh, and then finally, uh, late went out because uh, Castillo was outstanding. Now here's where it, uh, a starter comes back uh, for the, uh, for the second uh, time around for the Seattle Mariners. Mariners uh, a little bit uh, slow out of the gates as well at one and four against the three and one uh, Angels. This one, uh, this total is at seven and a half uh, in Seattle against the Angels and Jose Suarez for the uh, Angels. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Angel pitchers are now three of these games were against uh, Oakland, uh, but they haven't allowed more than three runs in any game yet. And so now we get here to Suarez, and I think just just for future reference here. If the Angels can keep this rotation together, uh, it might not be that might not be that bad. I mean, we know what Shohei can do. Tyler Anderson comes over from the Dodgers. Uh, Sandoval and Detmers are two very key guys for them. If they can, they don't have a lot of depth in in the rotation. But if they can keep these top five guys, and they might even go to a six six man rotation at times, uh, you, then you get to Suarez in the fifth spot. Uh, he's not terrible, but I, I, I don't know if he's going to keep the Mariners down here. You're right. Seattle has struggled since that opening night win over Cleveland when um, uh, when Castillo was on the mound. Uh, but the Angels hit him a little bit uh, last year. And this total, again, is uh, there were some sevens out there. Now seven and a half we see. I don't think that's high enough. I would play that totals trend again here, the early season totals trend. The Angels' bats have really picked it up. Uh, since opening night, scored seven last night. Uh, Castillo's probably only going to go six innings or so, so they're getting into the Seattle bullpen. And Suarez, we are getting to the back of the Angel rotation here. So uh, I think this one probably goes over tonight in uh, Seattle. The Angels started out hot. The bats are going pretty well right now. And these days, a seven and a half total, Jimmy, uh, isn't all that big a hurdle. 
Versus Marshall rolling with the trend uh, of the overs. Again, on Monday, 13-1-1 in all four of those overs in those games. I've got a three-team parlay at Bet Rivers right now that plays plus 140. Keep uh, keeping track, though. I mean, with the limit, the pitch count early in the season on the starting pitching, I'm going to go to a, a couple of first fives. And Shane Bieber uh, in the first five, minus 195 at Oakland. That was a slugfest last night in Oakland, of all places, 12-11. to 11. But I'm going with Bieber, minus 195 in the first five. Same thing with with Castillo uh, in the Mariners in the first five, minus $2. And then over in the Cubs, Cubs and Reds, back end of this rotation. Limited bullpen, offensive-friendly park. And I like the Cincinnati lineup uh, early on. I like the way they're hitting it as well. Over nine, minus 108. That pays plus 340 uh, at Bet Rivers. To the NBA, boy, Bruce, you are brave. Getting into the NBA, I mean, she's a 19-point dog wins outright on Sunday. A 15-point dog wins outright on Sunday. Portland and San Antonio, and it's the JV teams of Portland and San Antonio, beat teams with something on the line. Let's start off in Chicago tonight. Bulls are minus 3.5 against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, and, you know, um, the Hawks did win a shootout the other day against uh, against Dallas. They've won 7 of 10 here. So it looks like things are shaping up a little bit for, for Quinn Snyder, although, you know, the, the schedule, they, they got, you know, the Pistons and the, the, the Wizards were in there. And then, you know, Dallas is finding all sorts of ways to lose. Uh, not sure about Trey Young's availability here tonight, but I'm really impressed with the, the Bulls. The Bulls... Uh, and these teams may end up playing in the play-in round, and what you want to do is get out of that 9-10 uh, because that's really tough. You want to get in the 7-8 if you can because if you win there, then you're, you know, you're, you're already in. Uh, and the Bulls look like they might be able to do that relatively uh, I, mean, I mean, healthy again now except for uh, Caruso's come back. Uh, we, we know that a ball has been out most of the season, but still uh, uh, Levine and, and, and DeRozan – that was a big win for them on Sunday against Memphis. Uh, they outscored the Grizz by 36 points in the second half. So Billy Donovan's team has played quite well lately. They're firing on all cylinders. I'm still not loving what I'm seeing with Quinn Snyder in Atlanta. That, I don't think they've really improved that much since they made that move at the All-Star break and moved Nate McMillan out. And like we said, Trey's availability is up in the air. But even if he plays tonight, I'm going with the Bulls here. I'm riding them. They're at home. And this is one trend I think we can play in the last week as they have something to play for here. So does Atlanta. But uh, the Bulls, to me, look like they're going to move out of that 9-10 and maybe get to uh, the 7-8 game next week in the play-in round. Yeah, that, that Sunday game against uh, Dallas, that was uh, that mimicked an all-star game with the lack of defense in that game on Sunday. Uh, Trey Young, a game-time decision uh, tonight uh, for that, uh, that tip-off uh, in Chicago. So uh, keep an eye on that. Let's move on to the Lakers and the Jags. Uh, Jazz and the Lakers. Well, they have quietly kind of uh, moved up, addition by subtraction maybe with Russell Westbrook, maybe so. But it's also been that uh, Anthony Davis has been healthy and been available, as I guess you could say. Now, he and LeBron James every night seem to be uh, a game-time decision, and we'll see about that. But for the Jazz, it's uh, Clarkson, Gay, Kessler all out. Uh, uh, three more uh, market, including market and Sexton in game-time decision. You're looking at the total here, Bruce. It's 237.5 for the Lakers-Jazz. Well, you know, one thing about the Lakers here now, that the numbers, and I think, you know, listen – Oral Roberts couldn't have predicted a miracle like this 
uh, Anthony Davis has played in 27 of the last 30 games. He's avoided injury uh, down the stretch, and we know how that sabotaged uh, so many of his seasons in the past, including the past couple. Um, but uh, keeping him healthy, and, and he's really been the driving force. They're 15-8 and eight since the trade deadline. And, you know, there's your Westbrook analogy there. Uh, LeBron missed most of that time. Now, he's come back and played in four games. His numbers aren't quite LeBron-like, but look at some of these numbers that Davis is putting up right now. Also, look at the, I mean, the Lakers' defensive numbers uh, lately here. They're playing some of the best defense in, in the league. And uh, you mentioned on the Utah side, it's been they've, they've hit this injury spell at the absolute worst time uh, down the stretch here. Uh, they haven't had Sexton and Clarkson in the lineup for 13 straight games. Markkinen has missed action. He's iffy tonight. He did play uh, Sunday against, uh, against Brooklyn in a one-point loss. Um, he, he's, he's iffy tonight, though. But they've had too many injuries down the stretch. And they also, at the deadline, uh, they shipped out a lot of their depth pieces there. So uh, the Jazz have been kind of going uh, with a, a threadbare sort of a roster here. Is a case we made for the Lakers, although they've adjusted this number up. Here's I'm kind of looking at the under here, even though the Lakers did go over uh, the last few and on Sunday against uh, Houston. But that game against the Rockets, that was the first time the Lakers would have cleared this total in a month. Uh, you'd have to go back to March 1st when they had a game score as much as 238. And before that, you'd have to go back to February 7th, both of those games against the Thunder. So generally, uh, the Lakers aren't involved in these higher scoring sort of games. And Darvin Ham, I think, has arrived at something that works. And it's on the defensive end, it's a little bit slower pace. Uh, so I think this one probably lands under tonight. Uh, up in the high 230s, that looks a little bit high for me, especially the way the Laker games pace. Um, the price, again, they're taking a little bit of the value out of the Lakers. You've got to lay a little bit bigger price than normal. But this total is still up there, I think, too high. So I might look under in Salt Lake tonight. Suns went on the road Sunday night and won. In, I'm sorry, San Antonio went on the road Sunday night and won in overtime at Sacramento. Sacramento is free-falling tonight. They're at the Pelicans tonight down at the Smoothie King Blender in New Orleans. But now they go to Phoenix in Phoenix fully loaded expected to be at full strength tonight time to kick it in when now that uh, Kevin Durant is available and moving they got to try and not just get for positioning or try and chase Sacramento for that uh, for that uh, division but build some chemistry build some continuity uh, for the postseason as well with a lot of these new pieces a whopping 19 three are already out three more game time decisions for the San Antonio Spurs Boy, this is a loaded deck here. Suns minus 19. Yeah, I usually wouldn't get involved in games like this, but uh, there's a couple things here. One, I mean, proving again that a broken clock is right twice per day. <laughs> uh, the Spurs win that game in overtime on the weekend. Uh, McDermott scored 30. Champagne from uh, St. John's pretended like he was back in the Big East and scored 26. So you got some guys who normally don't put up numbers like that. Had big games for Coach Pop on um, on Sunday at Sacramento. But if you look at S San Antonio, I mean, they are posting some historically bad defensive numbers this year. And they've also taken it on the chin. They've got already eight losses by 35 points or more. Uh, that breaks the all-time record of six. Um, even the 76ers in 72-73 didn't take this many beatings. So, uh, they can lose games by margins. You talked about more guys might be iffy into tonight. 
But how about the Suns here now? And and they've really hit overdrive. They've still got something to play for. They might be able to, you know, the, if the Kings falter, the, it's it's remote. Uh, the, the magic number is just one for the Kings to wrap up the division. But they are playing much better. Um, at six straight wins, it's five straight wins now for um, for Phoenix. The last three of those, uh, KD back for the last three of those. So with him, they're 6-0 and this season. And uh, KD off of 35 points on uh, Sunday and another win uh, for the Suns. Um, this, to me, looks like it could be one of those uh, blowouts. And right now, we're, we're at the point, uh, Monty Williams isn't going to rest everybody yet. Uh, toward the weekend, some of these teams that are in the playoffs and their spots are, are secure, yes. But not quite yet. There's still something to play for here. And the momentum, I think, is all on Phoenix's side. And San Antonio has been prone to getting blown out. And they haven't won back-to-back games in over a month. So I'm actually going to lay it here tonight with Phoenix. A big price, but uh, good chance here for the Suns. Speaking of another one of those teams that uh, is, uh, is struggling, right? Minnesota lost at home against the Portland Trailblazers in that lineup that they're putting out. They take on the uh, Nets tonight. Minnesota's laying two uh, in Brooklyn. You know, we talk about, you know, body language and I, you know, re, re, sometimes we read too much into it I just don't like it with Minnesota um, and and Towns in particular uh, for a big guy he just doesn't like to mix it up I mean he lives most of his time out there on the perimeter and I really think that hurts the tim- Timberwolves we saw that for all the firepower this team supposedly has there's there's something that's missing from these guys and, uh, you know, just sitting out there at, beyond the arc and shooting threes, um, that can that can boomerang. Jacques Vaughn has kept Brooklyn uh, afloat here after all the, the clear out. Uh, that, that's a new lineup they basically had after the, uh, the trade deadline. Uh, but they've continued to play hard. They're continuing to hang there in the guaranteed playoff field um, and not slip into the play-in. Uh, Minnesota has slipped into the play-in and is slipping down. I think they're probably going to be playing in the 9-10 game and uh, playing the recent trends here. I like Brooklyn, um, even though um, you know the, the, the spread, there's slight dog here at home. But I think there is something wrong with Minnesota right now. I watched the game on Friday against the Lakers when they just completely melted down in the second half. A lot of turnovers. There's just something missing from these guys, and I'd rather give Brooklyn a shot here tonight. Yeah, they um and, and and they went uh on the road and uh you know and had a nice win at Golden State, um in uh, in that one they um you know they were they were kind of right before this slide they were showing that uh, you know they're pretty they impressive were. with four wins at New York uh, against Atlanta at Golden State at Sacramento, so I mean all of those playoff teams and then you know it's kind of falling apart for. Uh, for them and it was a close game uh, in Phoenix against the Suns before Phoenix won by seven late but man it is uh it has fallen uh, backwards right now losing three in a row and cheese again at home against Portland it doesn't get uh, any worse than that uh, so let's move on from the NBA to the NHL wrapping up their season as well let's go to Calgary uh Blackhawks and Flames looking at this puck line Bruce minus one and a half minus 165 at Bet Rivers well, uh, Calgary let me down the other night against uh, the Ducks because uh, Anaheim's been playing really bad lately, and Calgary had to fight its way uh, back uh, to just win that thing 5-4. to four. Uh, They are in a hot and heavy pursuit for the last playoff spot in the West. They ain't there yet. 
um, and they're going to have to push it through here the last uh, week. And NHL season goes a couple more days than the uh, than the NH than the NBA, so it ends midweek. But um, just like I've been going against Anaheim lately, and against some of these bad NBA teams lately, I've been going against the Blackhawks every single night uh, lately. They've got seven straight losses, uh, all by more than one goal. Uh, the defense has fallen apart. I mean, this team is heading headfirst into the uh, into the uh, draft lottery in the NHL. They'd love a shot at Connor Bedard. He's a generational talent coming up. So they're sort of tanking for Bedard, and their chances for getting the top choice are better now that they keep on losing. But at this point, it's just against the Blackhawks the rest of the way. They're just not competing right now. They had a stretch like this earlier in the season when I think they lost 20 of 21 at one point. They're playing maybe worse right now in this seven-game skid. And like I said, uh, the puck line worked every one of those games against uh, Chicago. So it's a big price on the puck line, I know. Yeah, but uh, so we've got to win this one by two goals. But that's been what's happening lately against the Blackhawks. So I will lay the big price on the puck line uh, with the Flames tonight up at the Saddle. All right, next game you like, uh, New Jersey <clears throat> hosting Pittsburgh. And New Jersey laying about $1.50, $1.55. You're trying to flip the juice, laying the puck line as well with the 48-21 and 8 Devils. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Devils here, I might even want to look at the puck line here with them too uh, because that minus 150 is a pretty hefty price, but, you know, either or would be fine by me. What I like about the Devils here tonight is they're coming off maybe their worst effort of the season uh, when they lost that game on on Sunday on the road, Um, and now they come back home uh, where they have played – Actually, their, their road record has been a little bit better uh, this season. But they catch the Penguins coming in here uh, tonight, and Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh is still fighting for a playoff spot too. New Jersey's trying to win the division still and, and, and get above Carolina to be first, and that means home ice uh, throughout the, the first two rounds in the playoffs at least. So you get a focused effort from them. But Pittsburgh on the road has really struggled lately. Look at some of their road losses. Three straight away have not gone too well. I like the matchup and goal of Vanasek tonight on uh, New Jersey side. His numbers are very good. Jari goes for Pittsburgh. But the fact that Penguins are having so much trouble on the road lately and the fact you've got the Devils back here in Newark after that embarrassing effort on the weekend, I'm going to go with New Jersey uh, tonight. And I think I might flip this around and actually go puck line to recommend this one uh, with the New Jersey here tonight. Um, if you don't want to just – if you want a better price than laying the 150 or so on the regular – Yeah, puck line minus one and a half plus 150 at Bet Rivers yeah. uh, right now. And finally, Bruce, uh, in uh, the late game of the night uh, in San Jose, Colorado Avalanche coming to San Jose. That's a big number as well. But uh, you're looking at the total uh, six and a half between the Avs and the Sharks. Yeah, you know, one thing about the NHL, some of these teams that go bad, like we just talked about Chicago's been going really bad lately, and I mentioned Anaheim too. I would have thrown San Jose into that mix a week and a half ago, uh, but all of a sudden the Sharks are playing really well. They've won, they've won three in a row. They, they took out uh, Winnipeg at home. They beat the, the Golden Knights, who have a very good road mark this year. San Jose beat them, put seven goals on the Yotes on um, Saturday uh, down in uh, Tempe or, or Sunday down in Tempe. So they are scoring some goals right now, and um, I, they're not just rolling over. Now, they've been a, a poor home team this year, but I sort of like the way they're skating right now. Um, the Avs come in here uh, fighting to win their uh, division, and they're right 
they're right near the top there in the central so it's a real battle with minnesota and dallas but they've played better lately we know about all the firepower with mckinnon and them six and a half doesn't look like a, a too big of a hurdle tonight the way because san jose's got the offense going a little bit now we know colorado can score so I think this one's going over six and a half tonight at the Shark Tank in San Jose. All right, over six and a half plus money plus one hundred two uh, at uh, Bet Rivers right now. So a little bit of everything, you know, for uh, for this little NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. And of course, we're trying to keep that uh, that trend. And keep in mind, it might be a different approach as they get back to the Aces uh, coming up soon. But most of the, a couple of Aces, a few Aces thrown for Major League tonight, but a lot of them still on the back end of the rotation with limited with limited, uh, limited pitch count and also already a little bit of a taxed bullpens by some of these uh, some of these uh, Major League teams as well. Bruce, anything else you want to add before we roll? No, I think this is good. I mean, we've got some soccer coming up uh, tomorrow, but we'll have, in a couple of weeks, we'll have Champions League action okay. in, in midweek, and that's going to be some good stuff coming up. But uh, a lot of baseball, hockey, and basketball to keep us occupied uh, for the next couple months now. So this is going to be standard fare for us uh, into the summer. It'll be interesting to see if, with the weather uh, expected in Augusta, if they'll get done on Sunday. But yes, NBA, well, they're going to play the entire uh, last game, last day of the regular season, up against the final round at Augusta. So, mm. well, I don't know. It's that's the, the <laughs> smartest thing uh, to do. But uh, it's nice to see some of these teams. We finally get real basketball in the NBA right around the corner, and uh, yep. enough of this load management for Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.